Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Uh, 
I'd uh, like to hear your comments and thoughts on uh, the issues that we'll be discussing. Always welcome to have you here. Our call-in number is 347-826-9170. And I'll get this line open here. And Sally Baptist of org, our special guest. Hey, Sally, welcome back to the show. Hi, Alan. It's great to be back. It's It's been a while, and I apologize. I've actually wanted to... Uh, come back on a couple other times but i've just really had a crazy schedule just just like today um i was uh coming in from the blizzard up in the dc area so that was uh an inter- it's been interesting up there i've had to shovel snow and as a um native of orlando florida shoveling snow is not something i'm used to doing so <laughs> <laughs> well donna was telling me about you were hopping a hopping a plane up there and getting back here and i thought boy good luck but i was looking at your schedule and flying out of there and getting back to Florida and then getting from the airport to your business. And then we got an email from me about 10 minutes before the show starts saying that I'm here and, and your schedule makes me tired. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna, it's not going to take me too long to fall asleep tonight. I can guarantee that. And, and just like uh, anybody who does a lot of traveling, there's always the, the airport stories you have. And here it's like, okay, BWI, that's where I was flying out of. Um, they were the first one to reopen. Great. Okay, things are going good. I, I get over there, flight's on time, everything's scheduled. We're boarding the plane, and then we're sitting there. And it's like, okay, what's happening now? It's uh, i got places to be here. And uh, apparently it was um, uh, a flight that uh, originated out of Boston that some of the people wanted to continue their trip to, to Orlando and didn't want to get off the plane when they were supposed to. And so we sat there for a half an hour while they figured out who was on the plane that wasn't supposed to be. So... But I mean, wow. <laughs> there's just uh, uh, travel is always entertaining. There's no two ways about that. Um, thank goodness I'm oh, yeah. on those other flights that have those other um, um, situations on them. Thank goodness for that. Well, the way I, got was... question, I got a question for you. I read that <clears throat> due to the excess amount of snow in D.C., that Congress had to shut down for a couple of days. I was wondering if we could hook them up for 12 months like that. <clears throat> Hey, you know, I think it would it would be really good. Interestingly yeah. enough, um, uh, Jay Leno had the really good joke this this past week. Um, I happen to work with some people out of the New Orleans area too, and of course, you know, they were all excited and partying because they they finally got to the Super Bowl and actually won it. And it was <laughs> it was it was Jay Leno that was the one that made the uh, observation that going back to the expression, well, they said hell would freeze over before the Saints would ever win. And DC froze over. <laughs> yeah, boy, that's that ironic. <laughs> they, they had an ex- exciting night down there in Miami because as soon, I guess, uh, well, the Super Bowl, whatever time it ended, and then about 4:20 a.m., I was heading east, and the shuttle launch for a night launch was was spectacular. So if any of those people were still awake down there, they really got got a show. So it was a uh, a heck of a thing. But yeah, DC did freeze over, and and I uh, hear another storm's on the way. As a matter of fact. Falling for an inch of snow in the Florida Panhandle on the West End, so they may get nailed again. But of course, this is absolutely this is all because of global warming. I, I, yeah, I was getting at that, Sally. I'm doing my part here. I went out. I was out splitting wood all morning. And I'm shooting mass quantities of CO2 into the air, and if it's blowing towards Orlando, you ought to warm up a little bit. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and was, right now, I, I mean, since I've been doing a lot of travel recent in the past couple of years. It's really bad when, as a Floridian, I'm actually happy when it's 55 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> we're suffering like, I think the wind's blowing east towards Daytona, so they may get a little tweak from my fire, but at least we're, I'm keeping the babies warm, you know? 
Oh, a little off topic. There you go. Go ahead, Alan. Oh, that's okay. I was. Um, yeah, I'm still having my little problem here, but I'm working on it. But um, uh, yeah, Sally, I just thought. Well, the big the big thing going on now, really, I guess, is or one of the big issues is this um, high speed rail coming in here into uh, Florida. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen where some people are for it, some are against it. Uh, I mean, what are you seeing out there? I mean, are, is is more people for it or against it, or what are your thoughts? Um, it's one of those things. High speed rail, as a concept, and as a marketing campaign, and as a commercial, it's it's wonderful. It's beautiful. You know, hop on that train, get beamed over to Tampa or wherever you're going. Sit back, relax, sip on the uh, cappuccino and all this kind of stuff. You know, it really does sound nice. And, God, look at all the jobs we're going to create. I I mean, it just, no traffic on I-4. Once we have high-speed train, that means there will be no traffic on I-4. It's all a pipe dream. (laughs) Then, at that point, it's like, okay, that really does sound nice. But let's get back to reality here. Okay, the reality is... $8 billion at the federal level for various high-speed trains across the country is not a drop in the bucket. Uh, And I guess we have a lot of money to waste right now. We're we're not having any financial or economic problems at the uh, federal level. We've got lots of money. They they keep printing it. Um, So the $8 billion is nothing. In the case of Florida, $1.25 billion is nothing. To even get this thing up and running is going to be to the tune of more like four or five billion dollars that we know of. So mm-hmm. if they're if they're projecting, government never projects anything right. And there's actually a book on that very subject, the uh, error, errors or lies uh, of estimating public works projects. And so if you're going to say they're estimating four billion dollars, you better plan on it being twelve billion, just to get right. it up and running. And then who's going to really pay? To, to get on it. The fares are going to be so high that a lot of people won't use it anyway, and even with that, the taxpayers are going to be subsidizing a lot. So anybody that owns property in Florida, your property taxes are going to go way up. Sales taxes are going to go way up. They're, they're, they're not going to be able to support it. It just makes no fiscal sense. We can't afford it. And then the fact of the matter is there's just not the ridership. Their own statistics prove there is not the ridership to justify spending this kind of money. Why should taxpayers have to, you know, fork over 30 to 40 bucks for every time someone steps on that train? <clears throat> Excuse me. And wow. it, it, the, the logic to it just isn't there. And then you, you take it to the next level. Okay, say you do get this train out there. Uh, once you get off the train, what are you going to do? Are you yeah, going to you, you have to get transportation to go where you're going. So we don't have the infrastructure to support the train. And when you go back and you say, okay, so why are we doing this? It's all political. It's all games. And there, there's nothing that um, is more disgusting to me, and at some point we'll talk about the Tea Party and the, the elections coming up. But mm-hmm. he, Charlie Crist, he's supposed to be a conservative, right? Right. <laughs> That's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. Charlie Crist isn't a conservative. He was out there taking the federal dollars for the stimulus. He's out there, you know, signing, jumping up and down, saying, you know, high-speed rail is going to create lots of high-paying jobs. Who do they think is going to pay the salary? So we have just, you know, a conservative that promotes, 
in creating jobs by expanding the size of government. Now, is that what a conservative is? <laughs> right. You know? those, are, those, those are government jobs as well. So, I mean, I think you need to factor in the, the uh, <clears throat> retirement and, and all kinds of stuff beyond the, the wages. So it's a lot more money than just that. Uh, exactly. Uh, I mean, the, the whole thing is just its crazy. It's totally crazy. The uh, other reason, you know, Congressman John Micah, who has been a big part of this, he seems to be somewhat backing off of this, maybe because he's been called a rhino and a porker and got the Porker of the Month <laughs> Award and everything else. Maybe he's actually starting to think about what a conservative is supposed to do. But he has been so in line and so hooked with CSX that he, you know, um, and wanting the Central Florida commuter rail, that the only way that they're going to get the Central Florida commuter rail, sun rail, scam rail, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, scum rail is the latest one that's been being called, is to, to go ahead and try and get this high-speed bullet train in there. So the financing, people have to understand, they're, they're going to play major games to use the financing for the high-speed rail to bail out tri-rail in South Florida that's bankrupt and cutting services while they go and create another one in Orange County uh, to go through Central Florida. That's not going to make any money either. It's not going to uh, not going to help anything, and will literally block 60 intersections during rush hour traffic. Central Florida well. scam rail, as I call it, scam rail and scum rail, um, literally will block 60 intersections during rush hour traffic as it goes through. Uh, that's going to be fun to look forward to. Oh, what's one going to take 30 seconds at each stop, at each crossing? That's what they say. That's what they say. Well, you know, along the lines of uh, this thing building, uh, you know, creating jobs for Floridians, because there's like, you know, a couple million Floridians, I believe, last time I heard that were out of out of jobs. Uh, and as you know, President Obama was in Tampa here just recently, and he touched on this. And I'll play a little uh, news uh, bite here that uh, when he was here and a little bit of what he said about the creation of jobs from this high-speed rail. The president joined Vice President Biden in Florida to announce the administration's biggest stimulus project of all. Right here in Tampa, we are going to start building a new high-speed rail line. $8 billion to begin a European-style clean energy high-speed rail system. Planners hope it will eventually connect cities across the country, the largest infrastructure project since the interstate highway system. The White House claims it will create tens of thousands of jobs. The announcement is one of many planned in coming months to convince Americans jobs must be our number one focus in 2010. That the president was dead serious last night when he said he's pivoting to jobs. Now, now he says he says ten, tens of thousands of jobs. I actually heard a figure of 20,000 jobs. But Sally, when you think about two million Floridians out of work, 20,000 jobs based on a uh, how knows how how know you know who knows how many billions of dollars? That's not even going to really put a dent in things. It's not, and I mean the 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 only ones that will benefit from this are going to be the special interest who are going to soak um, taxpayers for the government money. That that's all it is. Um, even if they have a few stops along the way, you might get a few concessions here and there. You know, if they want to see a restaurant along the way, whatever the other things that might happen to. Um, pop up from it, but it doesn't justify what it's going to cost the taxpayers. We'd be better off to just send send a check to whoever was going to open a store and, and save our money. It would truly cost less. And the other thing, two things that were interesting in that, they keep talking European. I'm in America. I don't want to be Europe. 
Why do they keep yeah. trying to make us like Europe? I don't want to be Europe. I'm, I'm not a uh, European. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what they're trying to do because, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Europe and, you know, um, France and China, they all have these high-speed rails, and it's like, you know, they just got to get us to, to that level uh, to be just like them is what it seems like to me also. Well, there's that part of it, and the other aspect of it is uh, those areas, there, there is a lot higher density we're, we are not in that kind. This is just the same as Orlando doesn't need a subway system like New York City. You know, we don't have that kind of density here. and We don't have that kind of density across this country compared to Europe and uh, China and some of these other places. So it's absolutely crazy to be comparing us. I don't want them controlling when I come and go. And the other thing that, uh, again, is one of the biggest uh, sore spots with me on this whole subject is we have an interstate highway system. That, in theory, is supposed to have been completed, but I think we need to revitalize it because, one, it is critical to so many things in our, our quality of life. It's critical to our economy. It's critical to our um, eva- emergency services, evacuations, law enforcement, and military. The, the interstate highway system is not strictly a matter of getting people to and from work. It does many other things. And yet, these people, the same who want to spend billions and billions of dollars on this high-speed rail – and rail transit in areas that can't use it or that it's not effective. They want to have the private partnerships, private-public partnerships that we'll talk about a little bit later, and sell off our interstates to private corporations. Some of them are foreign. In fact, most of them are foreign. They don't want to rebuild the infrastructure we have. We need to fix the interstates, the interstates that are collapsing like I-35. They don't want to spend money on that. That's where stimulus would actually do some good. They'd rather sell it off. To, and get billions and billions of dollars up front, levy another tax against everybody who, who has to work for a living and commutes across the, the toll roads, and, and then at the same time they go build their toy train over here. <laughs> it's just Well, you know, you're talking about the roads and I-35 and all this is. Stick with just Florida. I mean, here in the last couple of weeks, we've had about 15 or 20 sinkholes pop up, you know, all along the interstates, you know. Uh, that 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 could be something they might want to consider putting some money into. Exactly. I mean, the interstate, first off, it really does need to be expanded in many areas. I wouldn't say it's complete at this point because mm-hmm. it's done much more than they ever expected it to do for the economy and everything else. So, one, it's not finished, and, two, it needs to be maintained, not strictly sold off to the highest bidder that they just want to make money off of it. They should be putting the money back into that. That would lower – that. Um, it keeps our economy going, and also it keeps the uh, quality of life and it lowers cost of living for people. When they go out there and sell all these things off to the private sector, private-public partnerships like they like to call them, it, it's really just a scam to get more tax dollars out of us, but they call it something else. It, it's just are, a scam. Are you, are you saying that they're selling interstates to private companies? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they'll tell you because they call it a private-public partnership, like in the case of the Indiana toll road, it's like a 90-year lease that they gave, it's the same thing as selling it, to Centra, which is a foreign corporation. It's a corporation out of um, Spain and Australia. I think they recently put some kind of headquarters here in the U.S. to try and make it look like a more American corporation, but it's truly a foreign-based corporation. So they sell it to them. They act like, and, and I mean, the uh, municipalities that do this, and Florida's trying to do it too, thanks, and Congressman John Micah is pushing it. Um, they get billions and billions of dollars to sell the rights to collect these tolls 
and for the first year or two, they might control it. They might limit how much they can increase the, the toll taxes. But then after that, they can do whatever they want. They can charge whatever they want, and you have no control over it. And that is key. Again, I can't stress enough. The highway system is key to emergency evacuations, law enforcement, military, the economy. That should not be being sold off. That's where I say America for sale. Is that uh, part of the Security and Prosperity Partnership? <clears throat> that's definitely that's part of it. That That's all uh, connected the super highway going through Texas to Canada, from Mexico up through Canada. That's the exact same type of thing, yes. Wow. Wow, so our dollars would be leaving the country. Our toll dollars wouldn't even be staying here. Exactly. Exactly. Oh and, I mean, that's really what's happening with the Indiana Toll Road. And it was kind of interesting. People may remember Congressman John Micah. He knows I'm not exactly one of his bigger fans. And he really, we don't do not want to reelect Congressman John Micah. Please, everybody, help get that guy out of there. <laughs> my, that, uh, my motto, reelect no one, you know. Um, he is out there a couple years back when we were, they were fighting to put the tolls on I-4. They, uh, Congressman John Micah put something in the bill that they couldn't put tolls on I-4 in Orange County. <laughs> he limited it to Orange County. And um, he's always said he didn't believe in it. I even have a letter from him where he said he didn't believe we should toll our interstate highways. But now he uh, he's out there saying, yeah, pr- pr- uh, the public-private partnerships, that's what we should be doing. We should be – this is the way we're going to get ourselves out of this trouble, while he goes and gives billions away to CSX and company and, and this. And the other thing, especially people here in central Florida that use I-4, the toll lanes they want to put on I-4 are to fund the scam rail. They want toll taxes to be used for rail transit. Linda Stewart, who is a candidate for the Orange County mayor, please do not vote for her, (laughs) Uh, she is out there on record saying, yes, we need to put tolls out there so we can pay for rail transit. So forget the user fee. It's just it's a scam, total scam in every way. Would that be a toll on the entire road, or were you talking specifically that they would have toll lanes in addition to I-4 as it is now? Well, the way the hot lanes is what they call it, uh, it, which is kind of a silly way of calling it too, but a, the Lexus lanes are what I refer to them as. Lexus lanes where they're going to have these designated lanes that you will be totally cash-free, so if you don't have a transponder and you don't prepay to, to drive on the road, you won't be able to. Um, and they will change the rates going whenever you want to. So you can use the free lanes during rush hour traffic, or you can pay 7 or $10 to use the express lanes, and they will be able to charge you whatever they want during whatever hours they want. So when there's no traffic, you can use the express lanes free. <laughs> you know, that's how oh, nice you. to be. <laughs> Yeah, and as you're, you know, you were touching on, uh, you know, as you put it, the selling off of America, and it's not just, I mean, it's, it really is all over because um, one of our listeners in the chat room, Cap Eleven, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're agreeing, saying many states are selling interstates for upfront money, and they, they put in here, Pennsylvania Turnpike was sold to a Belgium company for one billion dollars upfront, so a, a lot of money there for selling off of America. That's right. They're selling off America. Now, at one point, I thought they had blocked the sale of the turnpike in, in Pennsylvania. That was uh, that was a year ago, so they may have gotten back in there and done it. I don't really know. I'd have to double-check that one, but they had actually blocked it once. They uh, were trying to do it, and then they, they didn't get away with it. 
And, um, I mean, it's just it's totally disgusting. It's like, when are people going to start actually taking care of this country, watching out for our best interest, and, try, and stop trying to um, screw over the people, which is, of course, why we have the Tea Party movement out there today. The elected officials, they, they just don't care. And we have got to get them out of there. We, it's just it's amazing what they have done to us as a country, to our transportation system. And people um, in the past have, have asked me, it's like, well, what, whatever got you involved in the transportation thing and whatever? And it was, it was really when they were talking about putting tolls on I-4. And, I mean, I remember a long time ago all the false promises of temporary tolls to cover the construction of the, of the road, and then we remove them. And, and then, you know, it's like I-4 is the only road that isn't tolled in here in Orange County in Central Florida. And now they want to do that, and then I just started researching it because it made no sense. Tolling is the most expensive and um, ineffective way to pay for transportation, to pay for the highways. We pay gas taxes. We pay property taxes. We pay plenty, pay plenty of taxes to pay for these roads. And a gas tax is a user fee. <laughs> if you don't drive yeah. and don't buy gas, you don't pay it. Exactly. Um, and also, a gas tax, the collection of a gas tax is less than 1%. The collection rate of toll roads is between 20 and 40 percent so well, why you know it's, it's all to make money for the special interest it is nothing to do with promoting or moving tra- improving transportation it's strictly a scam to make more money off of the people that's that's all there is to it so it's just it's, it's so disgusting but anyway getting back to uh, is seeing this ripoff this is when i started really getting into what is this government doing to us Whatever happened to representing the people? And, and you know, and as silly as, as naive as some of us have been in the past, to think that they are truly honorable. I do not address any elected official as honorable anymore. They're <laughs> 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 too self-serving. I, I mean, I can't stand them. That's uh, again, re-elect nobody, please. <laughs> well, like one one thing that was interesting you pointed out was uh, uh, this high-speed hypocrisy where the republic the republicans i guess were apparently against it and but now uh they're embracing the idea well it was actually the other way around first they were embracing it but because okay. people have been fighting so much over it now they're backing off it was kind okay. of the um uh carry thing it was like first i was for it but then i was against it <laughs> okay which is exactly the case with Congressman John Micah. He, he's been promoting rail transit, and everybody knows this. He was focusing on his CSX deal for Central Florida. But then, since he wasn't getting that done, then he starts playing more games with piggybacking on this uh, high-speed rail, the federal money. People say, well, well, it's federal money, so we don't pay for it. What? <laughs> when I look at my paycheck every week, I see federal taxes coming out of it. I, I am paying for it. We are paying for it. But Micah, John Micah, uh, has has been a proponent of it. But lately, I have seen him actually um, start to say, "Well, he's not real sure we should do this right now." And uh, Congressman John Micah, if you're out there listening, or someone from your office, um, please feel free to call in and, and give a different opinion. If you think I am misrepresenting what you have done, I try to put information out there based on you know send links to people so they can see where I get my information, which. Um, the other thing, while we're talking about good old John Micah, uh, definitely not my hero, um, <laughs> The um, I had sent out, and, and some people may have seen the information, his daughter uh, has a company, a strategic communication company, 
and one of her clients is um, PBJ and S. I think that's it. It's one of the major construction companies. Engineering. Yeah, the uh, uh, PBS and J. Yeah, that one's it. Yeah, <laughs> I always yeah. get the letters transposed. Um, makes me think of peanut butter and jelly. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the largest construction companies in the country. Yeah. And Congressman John Micah's daughter uh, was involved in this somehow. Well, she. They are one of her clients. And uh, her, his daughter goes out there and says that, well, she has no idea what her, what her father does for, for work. He, she doesn't know what he does. She's not involved in his business, and he's not involved in her business, and that this is totally, totally coincidental that she happens to have them for a client when Congressman John Micah is also a senior member of the Transportation Committee. Mm. To me, it just seems a little bit strange. And uh, what happened, just so people kind of know the background here, I saw this, and I um, this was his daughter had been stopped with a DUI thing just recently, about a month ago, I guess now, and it uh, was coming back up again about this relationship, this business relationship that was out there. And so I was bringing this to the attention, and I sent an email to Fox News, the fair and balanced Fox News, saying, you know, is there any way you guys could check into this? This is this seems to be a little bit strange to me. You know, Congressman John Micah makes comments out there about um, people, uh, ethics, and things like that. And so something just doesn't quite seem right. Is it just a coincidence that his daughter happens to be working, have a client who happens to be a big player in the transportation committee, tra- transportation industry, when her father is also on the transportation committee? And then I received an email from uh, Congressman John Micah's. Uh, office basically threatening me with liable for having suggested that there was any such thing. Well, I didn't suggest it. I'm not the one who reported it. I just said, seems like there ought to be an investigation here. Is there, in fact, um, something that's not quite right here? And to me, I just find it very strange. And if anybody else is listening and you think it's, (laughs) it's do you think there's something strange that a senior member of the U.S. Transportation Committee, uh, Congressman John Micah, his daughter happens to have one of the biggest construction companies as a client. Does, is, doesn't that seem yeah. like a conflict of interest? You would think. <laughs> you would think. Let's get a. Let's grab a caller here who's been holding on a little bit. I'll call out your area code, and that's your cue. Uh, but we'll get them on the line here. Area code three two one. Go ahead. You're live on the air. Hey, Alan. This is Nathan. How you doing, sir? Oh, Nathan. What's going on? Oh, not much, sitting here at the rack. Let me cut my truck off. Um, I just wanted to cast my vote uh, against uh, Congressman Micah and point out something to you, Sally, that he just recently was uh, chastising Tim Geithner for not paying his taxes. I want to remind you this, it's uh, election year. He didn't do it whenever he got uh, pushed through a year ago. Well, that's a good point because it is an election year, and I think a lot of them are squirming. Same thing with uh, um, uh, uh, McCullen, Bill McCullen. He found one thing in the in the health care he thinks is unconstitutional, but he brings it up now, the whole thing. But he brings up one thing that he thinks is unconstitutional, but he's bringing it up now. So. Right, I hear you. So. Okay. But, All right. Well, appreciate it. Be careful out there, though. Y- yes, sir. All right, we'll see you, Nathan. Thanks. Yeah, I guess I would I would ask anybody that's out there listening, can anybody give me a good reason why you would reelect John Micah? 
Well, you know, we talk about you know, <clears throat> you know, all the kickbacks, and we have a lot, uh, you know, some chat uh, chat going on here about the uh, uh, not not too many people happy with the politicians. I see them; they're being called gangsters and everything else in the chat room. Uh, but you know, this has been going on quite a while. I mean, take for instance, you know, the health the health care plan by the Obama administration, and we had the you know Louisiana Senator Mary Landrew. Uh, you know, she grabbed up $300 million uh, from the stimulus money to go along with the plan. And even right here in Florida, Senator Bill Nelson grabbed, uh, walked away with $100 million for, uh, you know, he said for Medicaid or Medicare, whatever it was. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just wonder sometimes if the people just, just feel powerless because of uh, these backdoor dealings going on. Well, I think that brings us into, you know, I was going to talk a little bit about the Tea Party and mm-hmm. also about this election, and um, this, the Tea Party is truly, I, I guess, um, the last few years I have been so happy to see people getting so engaged and taking back this country. I mean, you know, so many times, it seems like when I was growing up and going to school, we were just told, the Honorable will do this, you go and you vote for them, and they take care of everything, and, you know, you, you just really thought they were the these... Uh, honorable people who are truly helping you out and protecting you. And then when you get to realize what's really happening, they're killing us. They are destroying this country. And I mean, um, and I try not to sound like a lunatic because some people will will say, well, wait a minute, that's a conspiracy theory and this and that. And, you know, well, after everything that's happened with our economy in in the past few years and everything else, does anybody truly still think that this is a conspiracy, or do you think we just have a bunch of self-serving individuals who do not care about this country? They are just covering themselves, and they don't care about the rest of us. They are the ones that have destroyed this, and I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or anything else. Um, In fact, um, this Tea Party thing, the Tea Party, please, please, people do not let the GOP hijack this Tea Party the Tea Party movement is about we're sick of both the corrupt parties. It is not about one over the other. Um, definitely you have Tea Party uh, people, partiers, that are conservative, lean towards a conservative because we happen to believe in the Constitution. The Constitution is a conservative um, document. It is not to go out there and expand the role of government for it to cover health insurance and everything else and take over the automotive industry, take over the banking industry. That is not what the Constitution does. It limits government. It doesn't expand it. So, you know, Tea Party people are definitely conservatives by nature. But you know what? The Democrats are seeing that they don't like what's happening either. Everybody is sick and tired of the corruption of these elected officials. Yeah, that's a, yeah, and we're seeing that big time. I mean, the best example of that is, is what the the uh, the uh, governor election uh, just recently in uh, Massachusetts. Exactly. Or when senator. You, can, <laughs> you, you know, when you when you do um, when you elect a, a Republican in uh, Massachusetts, that is definitely speaking volumes that people are totally totally disgusted. But I mean, I got to stress the point that the Tea Party is not about supporting Republicans. I am. I mean, there's issues here locally in Florida with the Tea Party of Florida. I have not gone into that. I, I am concerned about the corruption of, a, of what different parties do. I am still a no-party affiliation voter. I do not want to be linked with any of the parties because that is where the corruption starts. And um, I listen, especially on the Fox News channel, 
not just Fox News, but it, it, they talk about where you have to have the two parties. The, the Tea Party needs to be aligned with the GOP. Sarah Palin's out there saying the Tea Party should be merged with the GOP. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Sarah Palin, I have some questions for her as well. I don't plan on spending a whole lot of time talking about her. Um, but her her participation in the Tea Party convention, which I really didn't care if she was a speaker there. I, I agree with a lot of the things she says. She's a conservative, so it's not a matter of not believing or supporting what she says. It's just that she is a diehard Republican. Her loyalty is to the GOP, not to the Tea Party movement. That's that simple. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. she wants them merged. The, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, and I'll I'll be quiet for a minute so if some, some people want to call in. The other thing, you know the 100000 k that she was getting paid for the, those fees? Mm-hmm. I have also put this question to Fox News, and I haven't gotten an answer yet, but I, we'll see if they investigate it. She kept saying the 100000 was going to the cause. What is the cause? She didn't say it was going back to the Tea Party. She said the cause. People need to understand that Sarah Palin has her own pack out there, sarahpack.com. You can go out there and see it. Not a whole lot of information on it, but she does ask for donations. So I want to know if that 100000 k is going back into her personal pack or if it was going to the Tea Party. Right. So that yeah. would be, I just have some cha- I have some issues with some of the things she says. And there's actually been a joke um, uh, recently, SOS. People are getting SOS. It's uh, uh-huh. sick of Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the you, you Sarah Palin mania. Yeah. When it comes to politicians, the only thing that you can believe is what they do, not what they say. And when she endorsed Perry in Texas, and there's a really strong constitutional quoting conservative running for the Senate seat that Perry, I believe his name's Perry, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but she was great. I listened to him. And Sarah, you know, <clears throat> endorsed Perry, and also she endorsed John McCain, who is, uh, he's not a, he's not not exactly a constitutional guy either, so I think really at this point the Tea Party movement really uh, really needs to just stay focused on issues and, and not get roped into any specific political party because it's going to be the end of the whole thing. It's, uh, it's not good. And I yeah. totally 100% agree. If the GOP takes over the Tea Party, then the Tea Party movement is dead. And truthfully, there will be no changes to the way we do business today. The um, corruption will continue. And also, um, the um, Rick Perry thing, Texas, I I specifically sent something to Fox News, too, saying, well, if she's going to support him, then she's supporting another rhino. And uh, that isn't what we need. And I'm hoping other Tea Party people out there, the Tea Partiers are listening. Sarah Palin is bad news for the Tea Party. She is a uh, GOP that's a, you know she just cares about the 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 GOP party. She doesn't care about what the Tea Party movement really is when she does those kind of things. Because Rick Perry, he's been a major player in selling off all the um, public highways in uh, Texas. I mean, there's major uh, groups out there fighting the toll roads and stuff like that. And he has, I mean, roads that have been there for years. He's selling them off and putting tolls on them. Wow, selling off of America. Well, we'll we'll touch on the Tea Party a little bit. Um, to get back to this high-speed rail, I just wanted to point out. I noticed you had a, you had mentioned there's some uh, high-speed rail conferences coming up. Uh, one in Orlando on March 4th and 5th, and one in D.C. on April 19th and 21st. 
Um, I know you'll probably be in Orlando. Are you gonna are you gonna be the in the one in D.C. again in April? I'm actually going to try to attend both of them. I'm going to put them on my calendar, and because I have been doing work up in the D.C. area, I may actually be up there anyway. So I'm hoping that I just might happen to be in town when that other one comes up. But I would definitely, um, and I need to get these posted on my website, but uh, Alan, you know, if there's any way possible, you can get them posted out there too so that everybody knows. But it would be great to get as many people as possible to, uh, I mean, March 4th is not that far away, 4th and 5th. Let's be at the Orlando, Florida High Speed Rail Conference, you know, and be out there protesting big time. People need to understand high speed rail is not a done deal. We have not spent the first dollar on it. Just because the president came down here and was jumping for joy and, you know, acting like, you know, he's saving the world, um, doesn't mean it's a done deal. Because right now, Florida still hasn't funded it. We, did, we can I had stop a, it. I had a question about funding because <clears throat> this is from memory, but in, I want to say 04 when it got squashed the first time. It may not have been 04, but they were talking about a total cost of between 20 and $25 billion, I believe. I'm not seeing those numbers floating around now. They're low-balling everything. And I wonder, do you know what the total cost that they're saying now it's actually going to be? Um, I would have to go out there and see what, what the real people say, <laughs> what the, what yeah. the um, uh, non-political elected are saying for it, for the true figure. But I would I would still say it's going to be at least $25 billion. I, I don't Yeah. Be, yeah. Be, because, time, well, I, go ahead, Barry. Go ahead, Alan. Uh, well, no, I was just at, at, the, at the time they were saying uh, that over 30 years, uh, 6,000 per household in Florida. I mean, it was it was scary, you know, that it was going to cost to build this thing. And I'm just seeing that the federal government's talking a couple billion. And, but if you're talking 25, then we're all going to be somebody's going to have to pay for it. Oh yeah, that that's how much we pay when we don't use it. <laughs> So you're well, going to pay that much just to say that you have a high-speed rail in your state, and then you get to pay 30 or 40 bucks, whatever it's going to be. Uh, last I heard was from Tampa to Orlando. I think it was 30 bucks one way, but uh, you know I won't swear. Well, what, what, uh, what I've seen, Sally, is uh, the two phases. The first phase from Tampa to Orlando, three and a half billion, and from uh, Orlando to Miami, eleven or eight billion. So we're talking eleven and a half billion. But like you and I were talking earlier, these figures are always lowballed. So I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised if it came in at thirty-five, forty billion. You know, because they always lowball these things. Exactly, and I mean that's just to get the construction going. That is the con- to get the construction going. Right. I'm not talking about the ongoing operation and maintenance stuff that goes on. This is just to, to get it up and running. Right. And <laughs> the other thing uh, that I think is so funny, when they talk about, you know, high-speed high rail is going to solve all our problems, I don't know, and this was true with just the regular rail transit, scam rail too, is um, senior citizens. This is going to help senior citizens because then they don't have to drive. Can anybody tell me how that's really going to help? I'm I'm trying to imagine a an elderly person possibly using a walker or a cane or something who is going to truly benefit from from this. I I mean, I can I can just see the accidents them getting mugged, the security issues as well as them needing assistance getting on and off the train as well and the platform and all that kind of stuff. Does anybody see how that's really going to help the elderly people? Well, that brings me to what I had mentioned earlier. I mean, uh, what what have you really seen out there? I mean, 
the little the little news clip I played, you know, I mean, you heard all the cheering and clapping, but that could just be part of the mania still. I mean, uh, have you seen really much public support for this? No. No, I, no. I mean, it, again, we could go back, and we repealed high-speed rail in the past because it was too expensive and too ineffective. It didn't do anything. I have no doubt if you would have these elected elites who – don't want to represent the people, if they would put this on a ballot, I have no doubt it would be defeated. I, I, I have no doubt whatsoever. And I'll tell you, I want um, want to ask anybody that's listening, and this isn't a Florida thing, this is a uh, federal issue because we're all going to pay for it, and they've got billions that they want to spend all over the place. Everybody needs to contact the um, Department of Transportation, the U.S. Department, the committees, definitely contact every Republican senator and say, how would you ever, I mean, are you a, if you're a conservative, how can you even suggest wasting billions and billions when our economy is in this shape? How, how can you even consider this? And that kind of thing. So we really need to be jumping on, on the case because I know, I have no doubt, the majority of people do not want this. The people in Florida well, have voted it down, but the, these elected elites say, we know better, just like health care. The um, high-speed rail thing, is no different than the scam of health care. Yeah, I don't want the government taking care of health care, and we definitely don't need a train that's going to be empty with nobody on it just so they can spend money and give it to their uh, political friends. Yeah, that's what some people are saying in the chat room, that uh, all this money for empty trains. You know, I got an email earlier from a guy who, uh, and we have a lot of, lot of listeners on the phone, but it looks like they're just listening. Uh, and then we're going to touch on uh, this private-public partnerships again because I know uh, – uh, someone you mentioned, uh, Larry, might be calling in, and I think that's him. So, yeah, that's him. So we'll get to you here in just a second, Larry. Um, but um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, I got an email from a guy who runs an auto transport company here in Florida, and um, he kind of put it to the to the in context as that this high-speed rail will be successful based on one thing, and that is if the people use it. So obviously, if they use it, it can be successful. If they don't, it's going to be a massive failure. And but what you're saying is, uh, and you're you're just on top of this much more than I am. Uh, you're you're not really seeing that much support then for it. No, and you know um, when you get when you ask people to sit down and, and think about what it really means, how will you benefit personally? Now, if taking a train once a year to Tampa is somehow justifies increasing your taxes, your property taxes, and the other things, $6,000 a household plus what it costs you to get on it, plus a lot more that we know we haven't seen, do you, is that really to your benefit? <laughs> do you really want it? And um, the uh, other piece of this is that um, – I'm just reading one of the things here <laughs> – Sorry, I'm, I was looking at one of the things. But the other piece of it, people, it doesn't justify the cost of it. How how can anybody, I don't know, it, the the whole notion of it is just uh, is so ridiculous why they would want to, to do this. It Especially when you, when you consider, too, uh, that they just voted on uh, and achieved raising our national debt to $14.3 trillion. Sure, let's just keep raising. Who cares? We <laughs> let's just keep, let, I mean, we've got all the money in the world to burn. Yeah, and it's like, stop the insanity. Yeah, uh, and I think, like you said earlier, Sally, people really are seeing that all across the nation. I mean, it's just so obvious, and I think that's why I say again that there's a lot of, a lot of them squirming for these upcoming uh, elections. 
Definitely. And um, going back to the, the Tea Party and the movement, I mean, I, I, I go out there and I say the um, campaign strategy for 2010, 2010, whichever way you like to say it, 2012, is reelect no one. I mean, there's probably, in the overall scheme of things, one or two people out there. I'm a big Ron Paul fan. I, you know, there's probably a few out there that I would truly wouldn't see, mind reelecting, but that is a very, very small um, minority of them out there. The rest of them, I do not know one person in elected office in Florida that I want elected to anything. Nothing. <laughs> Alan Grayson, go. John Micah, go. The idiots that are in the Florida House and the Florida Senate, go. Charlie Crisp, go. <laughs> do not reelect. And um, I really do want to stress this with Orange County because um, Matt Falconer, I don't know if he's going to be able to call in to, to the show or not, um, he is running for Orange County Mayor. I, I have known Matt, Fal- Matt Falconer when I was running for Orange County Mayor myself, and he is a true fiscal conservative. He has a plan to clean up the budget and to get the things under control in Orange County, and I definitely do endorse him. And by the way, he has never held public office. Please, anybody that's listening out there in Orange County, Teresa Jacobs, no. Do not vote for Teresa Jacobs. Why? Because she lied. She she was a total uh, backstabber, if you will, when she was on the Orange County Commission. She said she was going to vote what her constituents wanted. Every town hall, town hall meeting I went to, people were opposing the uh, scam rail. But she said, oh, no, let's go spend another $40 million, $40, $44 million studying it. Let's, let's go ahead and do it. Then, when she was no longer in, on the commission, she was a lobbyist for Florida Department of Transportation. Do you really oh, want wow. somebody who was a... <laughs> Do you want somebody who is a lobbyist for the Florida Department of Transportation promoting scam rail, high-speed rail, all this other garbage to, to be running Orange County? No. Please, no. And, and the same is true. Mildred Fernandez, she's on the county commission. She also said she was going to vote for what her constituents said. She didn't do it. There's no way to trust her. No way to trust Linda Stewart, who's another Orange County commissioner. She wants tolls on I-4 to pay for the rail. And she promotes um, the rail transit. And Bill Siegel, he is, he's a loser just as much. Do not it, Those people who are on the Orange County Commission, do not put them into the office of Orange County Mayor. I mean, not unless you enjoy the insanity we have today. If you think that Orange County and transportation in Orange County is absolutely wonderful and you love everything to do with Orange County today, sure, go ahead and vote for them. Let your property taxes go up some more. Be stuck in more traffic, you know, those kind of things. But if you're sick of what's happening here in Orange County, do not vote for any of those people. Well, I, I think he made that very clear. <laughs> 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 who, who do you support? Do people you tell support? me I shouldn't. Have... <laughs> hey, I just had a Sally, don't hold anything back there. And <laughs> yeah. a question, Sally, because a lot of people are listening. They're from different parts of the country, and they, you know, may be faced with similar things when it comes to rail. And the trip from downtown Tampa to downtown Orlando is like an hour and 20 minutes. And, you know, I just want to throw out there, nobody's going to use the train. And uh, why don't they just run buses? And then when you get more ridership, you add a bus. Doesn't that make sense? Well, that's exactly it. Start with the, the bus first. Start with a network that you can actually support and get in place at a reasonable cost. I don't have a problem with helping having taxpayers help fund a mass transit system. 
I think we do need mass transit. I, I don't um, oppose it. The thing is, let's have a solution that actually makes sense, that we can afford, and we can grow. Uh, you know, it, it's really not rocket science, but elected officials are not focused on the needs of the transportation system, the needs of the community, the needs of the people. They don't care. They have been elevated until this Tea Party movement, They and, and most of them are still the arrogance of these people to think that we know best, we're going to tell you what you're going to do. Wait a minute, you work for us. You know, this is this mentality that we're going to be more like Europe, we're going to be more like China. People are even thinking, you know, what's going to happen to this country. When do the people get to have a voice? And again, this goes back to the elections of 2010 and 2012. If we do not, if the people do not take back this country, I truly don't know what's going to happen after that. I just don't know how much we will, what the sovereignty of this country will be if we don't do it now. We're heading towards indentured servitude in, 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 in a way. You know, one of the numbers I came across was that the total tax rate right now, if you, and, and a lot of taxes are embedded and people don't realize they're paying them, in the United States it's somewhere around 40%, Canada 50%, UK 60%, and uh I mean, at some point, I think people have to wake up, and I was so happy to see that people are. You know, at some point, you've got to decide, geez, do I want to trade off 60% of my paycheck for a little bit of security that the, uh, that these things are going to provide? So, you know, I think it's it's time, and hopefully people will wake up and uh, and, and, and yeah. see what's going on. You know, and the corruption has gone on for so long. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter which party you vote for. It's like two organized crime families. You know, like the, right, right now the Gaudis are in there and the Corleones are, are, are bidding for the next seat, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> I just, well, and, I, and again, you know, I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are waking up. I mean, we're seeing it all across the country anyway, but I think a lot of people are really waking up, and that's why we're seeing such a big movement. So uh, we're, uh, we're talking with Sally Baptist of TollsCreateGridlock.org. And we've got to take just a really short commercial break here, and we'll be back, and we'll take we'll get Larry on the line. I see him here, and I want to uh, uh, talk a little bit more about this uh, private-public partnerships, um, America for Sale. And we'll get Larry on here with Sally, and um, we'll be right back just after this really short break. What's great about the iPhone is that if you want to check snow conditions on the mountain, there's an app for that. If you want to check how many calories are in your lunch, there's an app for that. And if you want to check where exactly you park the car, there's even an app for that. Yep, there's an app for just about anything, only on the iPhone. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound of say a crackhead, drug addict, alcoholic, freak, a wretch. Like me. I once was. Homeless. Broken. Sad. Just lost. But now I am sober. Happy. I'm fine. Was blind, but now I see. Every day, shattered lives are restored. Thanks to the goods you donate to the Salvation Army. All right, we're back. Just like I said we would be. Um, talking again with Sally Baptist of org. And, uh, Sally, I wanted to talk a little bit about the private-public partnerships. We have about an hour here to go, and then I'll touch a little bit more on the Tea Party. But uh, this private-public partnerships, PPP as you call them, just uh, selling off of America 
And I'll I'll open up the line here for uh, Larry, area code 770, and we can touch on that. And uh, Larry, you're on the air. You're live. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, it's an honor uh, to be uh, on the air to talk to uh, fellow Americans about some very critical and crucial uh, issues that are with us and lie ahead. And uh, my compliments to you and also uh, to uh, Sally for uh, being the tip of the spear in a lot of uh, ways, especially uh, in Florida. Uh, the uh, public-private partnerships is uh, it's a very large subject, and it's, it's, uh, it's insidious across uh, the United States. Uh, I will tell you that uh, when we first uh, looked into this for Georgia, uh, I will tell you that I was amazed to find that uh, there was a $22 billion plan uh, for the state of Georgia. And you always have to start local and then work your way out to figure out where you are and, then, uh-huh. of course, where you're going. And with that, uh, found out it was a 10-year plan, and then I peeled the onion back further, uh, and after making contacts with uh, other state Department of Transportation offices, uh, U.S. Department of Transportation in D.C., as well as the annex in Atlanta, uh, I determined that the information to find out about uh, the government's involvement with uh, foreign and domestic entities was, was not to be found. Well, tonight I just want to briefly uh, just inform uh, folks that uh, with a little bit of uh, research you can uncover uh, some of the information that might be missing. Um, I found a law firm, international law firm, and uh, it's uh, Chadbourne and Park LLP attorneys. It's an international law firm. And for the first time here on the air, uh, I would like to uh, invite them to uh, go on their website, and then they will have a monthly breakdown, and they'll also see Georgia's in March of 2007, of all the toll road updates across the United States of America. And I think you'll be astounded. Their office, uh, main office is 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York, and then 1200 New Hampshire Avenue in uh, northwest in Washington, D.C. And that's where I got the initial summary of the Georgia plan. And that led me into the toll issue, which we had here, which is a uh, private partnership, which is to turn uh, one of our uh, interstate lanes, I-85, which is approximately 15 15 miles in length, into a high-occupancy transportation lane, or as Sally would say, a Lexus lane. Uh And when we peel that onion back, um, and they had their first public uh, hearing on it uh, November 13th of 2009, it turned out that the Department of Transportation not only did not come prepared with... uh, with their best and brightest, they left within an hour and a half into what was uh, an all-day or all-afternoon public hearing. So also found that the Department of Transportation has been seeding. Now, they gave seed money for this project, but they've been seeding throughout the United States with the state agencies is how to go about privatizing the roads. And what I... Uh, basically uh, researched with with this is why were the roads being privatized and the argument that was from the Federal Transportation Administration as well as the state was 
We are underfunded, underfunded, and we are lacking the money. Well, for all the folks that are out there, so also my fellow Georgians, over the last 50 years, we have uh, federal highway transportation monies collected. Georgia has only received 84%. California, 86.9% return on its investment. And for the truckers out there, will you come through the state of Georgia? Your money, you're talking about privatizing the roads here. The truckers in Georgia account for 38% of the total highway user fees and taxes. And uh, I put this at 800 and 26 to $30 million in the state and federal taxes annually, which comes to about you know, $2.3 million per day, and that's 35% of the taxes. So when they talk about an $8 billion uh, rail system, and then they say all, all of a sudden that they have the money for that, and that I'm told out of the left side of the mouth that we don't have the money at the federal government to maintain and bring back to the states the money that you have already paid out to build your public roads, but yet there's $8 billion as seed money for what is going to be well over $150 billion to go across the United States initially to build these as current estimates. Wow. So the money is there. The money is there only because they have spent this into debt. So the privatization is they're selling off the roads, as Sally says in the vernacular. But what the public does not understand, and uh, you know, basically what the media is not explaining, is that the private operations of our public infrastructure represents the highest tax you can possibly have because those investors, those that is the private company, which has to make a profit, is going up, is going to run those prices up and charge you whatever. Basically, what they want to do, and this is kind of an axiomoron, they want to tie the hands of the politicians so they cannot make sure or determine what tolls are going to be if, in fact, we have them. And what I would also add to this is when you delve into this, this murky pool, and how do you fight this? We always seem to be reacting to disingenuousness with our public officials who are elected. You know, the ethical, you know, the character, it's all about the character. And we are wanting today for leadership. Soon after that meeting in November, when I tried to meet with the Department of Transportation uh, uh, folks at the federal and did meet at the state and presented them with alternative means to finance this and presented them with the dollars spent, consumed per gallon in Georgia, and they were astonished that this research would have been done by a public you know, individual. These are people who were on the public uh, payrolls who should be doing the research. It turned out in December, and this is how they play this game. This is how this is insidious across this country. A county chairman, not long after it was determined of where the regional issue was in Georgia where people had a problem with this uh, PPPs, a county chairman was tapped for the Transit Planning Board. find that very interesting. He got yeah. tapped for this, so what it, what it amounts to is inculcating. So, yes, we can be mad at our public officials, and deservingly so in some cases. We need to have a hearing at the federal level. This is an election year. We need to have transparency that the federal government, Transportation Administration, Department of Transportation proper, and what they are doing, show their hands, and we need to have a, a, a hearing of this in Congress. 
because the selling off or the privatization of already paid for roads is an, is an additional tax to the American public. And across this country, in the battleground, we may argue, uh, Sally may argue, is, Flo- is Florida. Uh, Florida has been uh, neutralized uh, thanks to a lot of the advocacy that's gone on down there. The battleground is Texas. Texas Texas right now is the one that is going full bull to privatization in those roads, and that's been going on for quite a while. Privatization efforts in this country have been going on since 1990-91. Thanks to Rick Perry, who's being endorsed by Sarah Palin. And you said it well. Privatization is global. They have it in Latin America. They have it in Europe. And just for uh, some giggles, uh, I would tell you that you might find it interesting that in, in, even in countries like India, they even have an administrative staff college of India, which has a, actually has a course, if you go and look it up online, actually has a course this March, uh, 1st through the 5th, that's being given on how to further uh, PPPs, and it has in their course what goes on in Europe, who's been doing it for uh, several decades, and how to make it prosper in India. This is not just the United States. This has been global, and it's coming here, and to some measure because of European influences. But our federal officials and elected officials are deliberately in some quarter hiding this from the public. It needs to be in every, possibly every state in the union, an amendment to the state constitution forbidding any tolls or any raising thereof without the express plebiscite or electoral vote that's scheduled in that state. Georgia only has one toll right now, and that's on what we call is the Georgia 400. One toll. And we have uh, a mayor, Sam Massell, who was a mayor in 1970 to 74, um, a man with... Uh, Tremendous integrity. And I just want to quote here for the public uh, listening. This is from, uh, from the great generation. He says, just once I'd like to see the politicians keep their word. And what it was is the monies were bled off from the Georgia 400 into other projects. I was told by the federal government and, and confirmed that, yes, other monies were, and now, of course, it's public, were bled off into other projects. In fact, it just happens to be, I think the number was $8 billion, if I'm not mistaken, which I think is kind of funny about the, the rail transportation. I don't know if it's correlated or it just happens to be a coincidence. But yeah. Popular number. Popular yeah. number. Well, you know, it's... Uh, I like the point you made that it's just not being made public, which is just so often when it comes to governmental policies and regulations. And, I mean, when you think about, really, we all know the kickbacks and everything that goes on. You know, really, I, I wouldn't. they're always looking for some way to make more money and take more from the people. I wouldn't be surprised if they're planning on building toll roads in Haiti. <laughs> if they can figure I mean, a way to do it. It wouldn't surprise me. But, he, you know, he, he's echoing what you've said, Sally. Uh, uh, about you know just the selling off of America, and again, I I just wonder. Uh, I mean, I we've got a lot of listeners on the line here. I see area codes from all over, and I just wonder. I was just sitting here thinking, wondering, well, how many of them, how many of our listeners there really, uh, uh, you know, knew about this uh, 
private-public partnerships, and that's what's really going on. It's very little is, is said. I mean, the only, you know, it's really when you go and take the time, like we have done, to research what they're really doing here. They do their best to um, keep it out of the, the public arena. And this is where our news media fails, too. So, you know, right now, again, I would ask everybody who's listening, send a, send an email to Fox News. I say Fox News because they are the most conservative, and they will address more of these issues. But send it to any media, but definitely Fox News. Let's blast Fox News with, would you put this out there and let them know they're selling, the Republicans, as well as the Democrats, are selling off America. Would you please start reporting the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Stop um, ignoring these things because they don't want you to draw attention to them. So, um, again, push. I just push for people to hound Fox News on this kind of stuff because we need to get it out there so that people understand it. And, you know, the other it's such a marketing scam on this stuff. They try to go and say, this way we bring the private sector has a, has a stake in it. They absorb some of the risk for the loss. Well, that isn't it. You know, when you compare the toll roads, the highway system, I should say, with rail transit, how come there's all these companies that want to go buy up the highway system? They want they they are drooling over that highway system, but none of them want to touch the rail system. The rail system is a massive loser. Nobody wants to use it, or the majority of people do not elect to use it because it's not convenient and uh, it's too expensive. And then, but everybody wants to to privatize that highway and take that money. And yet, that highway is so critical to everybody's cost of uh, uh, quality of life, cost of living, the economy emergency services, and, you know, people would say, wait a minute, you know, the uh, gas taxes don't pay for all of the toll roads or don't pay for all the roads, highways, that other public money is put in there, sales tax, whatever. And for those people who would say that, first off, I don't have a problem with going out there truly reevaluating what the the, uh, gas tax is and what it should be if it's not covering the, the, the cost of operating the roads. I don't have a problem with evaluating that. But at the same time, when we say who should pay for the roads, who benefits from emergency services? Is it strictly a driver? Is it strictly a motorist who drives on that road? Or does somebody who's been in an uh, an accident or had a heart attack or whatever who needs a paramedic who is getting service, who is dependent on that highway system? Or do you want them to hop on the high-speed rail and try to get to your house? (laughs) You know? So... When you when you talk about emergency evacuations and there's a hurricane evacuation, who should help pay for that? Are we going to evacuate everybody, or only people with their own personal cars get to go? <laughs> you know. Right. So the highway system supports everybody, and we should share the cost. Of, you know, those who use it the most should pay the most. That's the gas tax. That's the user fee. And others through either uh, – I want to get rid of property taxes. That's another story. We'll talk about that one other day. But um, consumption taxes, sales taxes, things like that should also go to help support the roads because everybody is dependent on them. The nerve of them to sell off our infrastructure, to sell off public property to foreign corporations is just totally, totally outrageous. And we need to make it an issue for this next election. We need to put it out there. There, you're, you're already killing us in all these other ways, but you're also selling us out. Stop it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I'll be updating the post and putting this information in, especially about the uh, the conferences co- conferences coming up about the high speed rail, 
and uh, we'll do an update there. And uh, we've got um, I've got about 30, 40 minutes left. Uh, I wanted to touch on again. Uh, had had some chatting going on in the chat room, and and uh, and Larry, thanks for your call. Thanks for your input. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, a lot of people are interested in this Tea Party movement, and uh, you've actually gone to them. And I, I've looked at your pictures of when you were there in D.C. Uh, with the Tea Party movement there. Man, there was a ton of people, and you you like to call this uh, a grassroots movement, and um, I had. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, uh, one of our one of our people in the chat room. Uh, uh, we the people. So that's a good name. Um, was touching on uh, Sarah Palin again too. Um, where's he? Where is it at now? I got a lot of things going on in here. Um, but basically saying kind of the same thing you were saying. Uh, here he's saying the Tea Party people have only got as far as boarding the ships. They have yet to throw the tea crates of dissent over the side. So really, basically, it's it's just getting started. If they can keep that movement going and uh, not get too wrapped up, uh, you know, in this mania thing on just one certain type, you know, one person. Well, exactly. And, you know, I'm glad we're going back to the, the Tea Party thing because there's so many um, pieces of it. It truly is a grassroots movement. There's Tea Party groups all over the country. I just was recently contacted by a Tea Party group in Virginia, and I'm going to try to meet up with them maybe within the next month or so. Um, and that's why we have to – we cannot allow either of these corrupt po- uh, political parties to get involved, the GOP obviously being the key. But um, the thing is – it's the grassroots. I was at the uh, Tea Party in September, September 12th in D.C. I marched down uh, Pennsylvania Avenue with the other group. That place was overwhelmed. I mean, it, the millions of people that were there, even Fox News undermined or dismissed how many people were there. Um, they had to start the march like an hour early because there were too many people there. They could not wait to start it at, I think it was 11, 11.30 when they initially planned to. They had to start it early because there were too many people there. People were waiting for um, like 10 trains to get on Metro to get down to it. I mean, and when I was there, I was there, everybody was there, young, old, every, um, every different background you can imagine. And people were there saying, yes, we have got to be involved. We have got to take back this country. It was one of the most... Um, motivational, you know, inspiring things to be down there because people were truly engaged and truly sick of it. Some people think the Tea Party is strictly about health care. No, no, health care was probably the straw that broke the camel's back routine, but it is not uh-huh. that. Health care represents everything that's wrong with, with Washington, D.C., and what's wrong with government in general. So the, the Tea Party is truly a grass, mo- uh, grass movement, grassroots movement, if I can say it, and the well, other I, thing, I, put, yeah. I put a photo, an aerial, an aerial photo of that Tea Party in uh, Washington D.C., and you can clearly see there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people there. It was just unbelievable. Exactly, and I mean there were a couple that were uh, different um, estimates of uh, a couple million people. I mean wow. they blocked off the roads. They had to shut down the roads because there were too many people there. 
And, I mean, I was there the whole day. Me and uh, another activist, um, Charlie Klein, he had his, his truck in my, my van. We were all decked out. <laughs> That's how we get our message out there, our political message out there. And well, we people were there. Can, people, can see, people can see your pictures of that Tea Party movement in D.C. on your website, tollscreategridlock.org. And yeah. uh, they they can see all the people that's there. Exactly. That's why it's like you know, for for them to say that it, to try to minimize what was going on there, just shows how arrogant and um, disconnected this government has become. They don't care about the people. Even when the people st- to stampede the, the capital, they try to dismiss it like it's nothing. You know, it just it was right. totally totally outrageous to it. And the, then when uh, people try and when people try to speak out. Uh, they get blasted for it. So, with all these millions of people there, uh, let me ask you: Were there was there any violence? No, I think there was one small incident where it was a um, a uh, anti Tea Partier who was trying to stir up some stuff. But no, it, it wasn't. And I was there the entire time. I mean, we got there at like 6:30 in the morning. We were parked up by the reflection pond, right up uh, by the Capitol building. We were parked right on the line of you know, Pennsylvania Avenue where everybody was marching by, and we were there till the end. And even, I mean, the place was clean. The trash cans were overflowing because there was so much stuff in them, but the trash was actually at the trash cans. It, the people did not trash it. And, you know, you're going to have these other people who are going to want to trash the Tea Party movement, and they right. will um, go to them and deliberately try to stir up trouble. But the Tea Party movement is a very peaceful group of people who are just fed up and protesting. They're taking their message to the street, to the Capitol, and they want to be heard. And um, going back to uh, what We the People was was talking about, people have to understand that uh, this is a revolution. I don't, you know, some people don't want to use that word, but it, that's what it is. We are we are entering a revolution. Either we we fulfill this revolution, take our country back. Or we're no, we no longer exist. The freedom that we have had, and you know what our constitution is, that all dissolves, that all goes away. Who knows what we will be? But people have to understand um, that what a, what a true grassroots revolution means. And because I've been to uh, a Tea Party meeting here in Orange County, in fact, it was uh, two, three weeks ago that I went to it, and I was quite frustrated because you had the same mentality that we're going to get behind the GOP. We're going to keep the two parties. No. The two parties are what are, have corrupted the system. I mean, talk about insanity. Why would you vote for the same garbage that puts you into this mess? The Tea Party, and I mean, because I, I went there saying, what is the Tea Party going to stand for? What is this Tea Party grassroots movement going to be about? To me, one of the key things this Tea Party should be about is reforming and eliminating the corruption of the two-party system. If we don't take take back the government, take back our country from these two two parties that are so corrupt, and let everybody have a right to vote, uh, there's nothing as a um, no party affiliation voter. I don't vote in the primaries for certain certain elections. Again, people in Orange County, because nobody here will tell you this. I know it from my own experience. Orange County elections are nonpartisan. Everybody votes. It is not limited to the um, Republicans and Democrats. So people who are in Orange County, when the primary comes up, go vote because you can elect somebody in a primary, which is a problem in itself. But make sure you don't don't uh, limit yourself on that. 
But the point is, the two parties, personally, we should have primaries that are open to everyone. The Tea Party should be about honest elections. If you get an honest election, we can take back our country. If you're going to keep the status quo of the GOP and the Democrats in there, then just don't even bother. Stay home because you're not doing anything. You're not making a difference if you're going to keep the status quo. We have got to take back our country from the Democrats and the Republicans. Case closed. And the media, the news media, I get so disgusted listening to Fox News because they keep saying, oh, well, if you, you, ha- you, can, you have to keep the two parties. If you go out there, the Tea Party becomes another party, which I don't want it to be a party. I want it to be supporting Americans who are actually American patriots who are, want to run for office. Then, then that's going to mess everything up. No, you have to keep the two parties. No, we need to get rid of the Democratic and the Republican parties because they are the ones that are so corrupt and have destroyed the system. Yeah, and I th- I think a lot of uh, you know a lot of people echo that sentiment. I mean, we're just seeing it across the country. And and the reason I ask about the violence because I knew there wasn't any, but it was just so funny that uh, uh, you know people like Nancy Pelosi and you know they're all uh, all for you know speaking up and speaking your mind whenever it's with their agenda. But when it came to the Tea Party uh, people, they got a little upset and. And uh, I'll play a little bit here to refresh your memory. I'm sure you remember when uh, Nancy Pelosi was speaking about uh, the Tea Partiers and uh, insinuating, um, you know, the violence and everything that they could, they could bring about. I think we all have to take responsibility for our actions and our words. And the, uh, we are a free country, and this balance between freedom and uh, uh, safety is one that we have to carefully uh, balance. Uh, I have concerns about some of the language that is that is being used because I saw I saw this myself um, in the late 70s in San Francisco. This kind of of, of uh, rhetoric was just, was very frightening, and it gave it created a climate in which we violence took place. And uh, uh, so I, I wish that we would all again. Uh, curve our enthusiasm in some of the statements that are made, so understanding that that uh, some of the people, the ears that are, it is falling on are not as balanced uh, as the person making the statement might assume. Uh, but again, uh, our country is great because people can say what they think and they believe, uh, but I also think that they have to take responsibility for any incitement that um, they may cause. Thank you. So, 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 I think so Nancy, can... Nancy Pelosi should also take responsibility for impersonating a representative. <laughs> yeah, I they mean, she can, they, they, can, they, they, can, they can speak their minds and say what they want unless it, unless it goes against what, uh, what they're trying to, uh, to accomplish. But go ahead, Barry, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say one show I listened to, they call her Nazi Pelosi. Because she she had uh, actually, I believe, I, I'm not sure it was in that clip because I had a hard time hearing it, but she had actually referenced the Tea Party people as something along the lines of Nazis. And, you know, it's, you know the good thing about hearing her speak like that is that she's noticing, you know, whatever the words are that come out of her mouth, the idea that people, especially conservative people, aren't big on on uh, protesting. The idea that people would get together for a common cause, and, and it isn't her cause, uh, that she's noticing, that's a good thing. So I don't know if it'll influence her in San Francisco, but at least they're noticing that something's going on. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Definitely, but the uh, I just found it I just found it funny because that's why I asked you, Sally. Well, what was the violence like there? Because people can look at the pictures from that place on your website, and I I I just about fell over. I couldn't believe the number of people that was there at DC. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, it, it was amazing, and I mean, uh, I'm telling you, it was just like I say, it was inspiring because. You, you you realize that people have have woken up, people are getting engaged, and there was no you know Nancy Pelosi, people like her. I just don't know how they sleep at night. I, I just don't understand how you know you here you are elected to serve and represent the people, and yet you're going to go and belittle them to that because that's the only way you can justify what you're doing. I, it's just so disgusting. She she somehow thinks she's high and mighty. She thinks she's the queen of she's a queen of something. I'm not sure what, but. But, um, you know, and the scariest part, because she is from California, the scariest part is they may actually re-elect her. I, I would hope they oh. don't re-elect that lady, but, you know. Oh, it, it, I'm sure they will. You know. I, I, think, I think maybe she did us a favor in a way, though, because she certainly riled a lot of people like myself up, you know. And, and the good thing about the Tea Party is I think people are starting to remember what freedom is because we appear to have forgotten and. You know, big brother government isn't going to solve all your problems. And freedom is free to succeed and free to fail and free to live your life the way you want. And you know, I think we need to get back to that. It, it's, uh, but that's that's a good thing. Were those uh, Sally? Were those? I mean, you hear all kind of reports, and they were this. Was it just like a cross section of all different kinds of people that showed up down, up in D.C.? It was everybody. I mean, you had people, young, old, black, white. You know, every every kind of denomination was there. Everybody was there. You know, and I mean, it was it, again. I was standing there as part of the march. I would be. I was there waiting when we before we actually started to march down Pennsylvania Avenue, and I would talk to people, and they were just you know just genuine and say you know yes I had to be here, I had to be here because I'm going to let them know I don't like what they're doing. I am I have had enough, and I'm going to get involved. You know, nobody there was no violence, absolutely no violence. And there's not going to be any violence except for those who try to stop the Tea Party movement. Those are the ones who will initiate the violence. And I think at some point people probably have to be prepared because the stronger this Tea Party movement gets, and that's keeping the GOP out of it, the stronger it gets, the more threatened people like Nancy Pelosi are going to be and the more she's going to come up there and try to say that people are doing all these weird things. I've never seen, I mean, to have that many people to have no li- no uh, violence at all, and the place was clean. I mean, <laughs> like, like I say, I, I kind of make a joke about it, but people would be surprised at how clean that place was. We, the Tea Partiers do not trash the country. We don't trash our Constitution. We don't trash um, our, our, our capital. We are trashing the people that are in office right now because we are sick of what they've done, and they deserve to be thrown out. They uh, need to go down the tube with the garbage and the... And, um, as I call it, the scum. Um, get rid of the scum in public office. What is scum? The impurities that float to the top and part of a cesspool. Scum. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think, Sally, because there's two ways I, I thought about it, and, and you know the top-down approach, which would be getting Congress to start acting honorably, or if we got involved on a local basis and tried to clean up the system from the bottom up, I do you think it's possible to clean it up from the top down? Um, no two ways about it. Cleaning it from the cleaning up from the bottom up is easier and would be um, 
a lot nicer, but I don't think we can wait. Um, you know, this this election, um, 2010, 2010, is going to be so critical to sending such a loud message that they better get their act together or it's going to get even messier in 2012, which to me, I, I don't want, personally, I don't want to see anybody who's in public office today to be in public office in the year 2012. The only way we will get their attention, and this is local and federal, because the federal government is is, is trying to um, take over the states, just like with the stimulus package, which Gordo uh, Charlie Crist had to go go uh, squabble down, you know. He um, taking that by taking any federal money, you are now a hostage to the federal government. You're, you lose your states' rights. The, the states are supposed to be much more empowered, and yet they keep doing this. High-speed rail, rail uh, the other transportation systems, you know, you, if you take any money from the feds, then if, if it doesn't work, you can't say, well, this isn't working, we're going to cancel it. Now you've got to pay back everything that you gave, the feds gave you. So we, it, it, you really got to do both. Unfortunately, I wish we had time to clean up local government first and then go to the federal level, but we truly have to do it 2010, 2012. We have got to take back this country at the local, state, and federal level. It's a big job, but I think we're up to it. So your, your, your message is vote the bums out, all of them, huh? All of them. <laughs> like yeah, I said, I, I, <laughs> um, you, you know, know, I've been on the Beltway in D.C. a few times, and it kind of, it, it, it's just kind of a bad joke, but it reminded me of the rim of the toilet bowl. Hard. I just thought, boy, if we could just flush this thing and get new people in there, you know, we'd, we'd be better off with a bunch of truck drivers. At least they'd have some common sense. And yeah, I'm telling yeah, but you. Who, yeah. But who are those people going to be? I mean, just like in Massachusetts, uh, what was his name, Brown, the new Senator Brown. Brown? Yeah, and, uh, you know, it always seems like, you know, they say all the right things and promise the right things, but then once they get hooked up there and that, inner loop up there you know so i i'm just wondering if you know if he he's really going to pull through and or you know if they're going to sink their teeth in him you know we're just going to have to wait and see yeah uh, and i i totally agree because you know the person who's in the uh, the white house right now was saying all the right things that enough people wanted to hear and now has gone back on just about everything he he promised so uh, actions do speak louder than words, but it's the words that get them in there. But the Tea Party movement, again, it has to be, you know, to me, the key key for this Tea Party movement to be successful is, one, we have to take back the, the country from the corrupt political process. We have got to fix the um, the political process that has done this. And, two, it's to support and promote everybody's right to run for office. The system is so rigged. And this is because of the corruption of the Democrats and the Republicans, the two parties, that um, you can, it's hard to get a honest person in there. Uh, Matt Falconer, who happens to be a registered Republican, I try not to hold that against him, but he is a registered Republican. But the fact is, he has taken the position, the Republican Party doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, in the overall scheme of things, he has been shunned by the Orange County Republican Committee and by uh, the Republican Party in Florida. Um, so, but but the thing is, he's not a politician. We want people who have not been in the political process. We need honest Americans who are actually wanting to do the right thing, and um, and I think he's a perfect example. The other piece, when I went to that meeting a couple weeks ago, 
and uh, we the people who was who was there, um, when they started talking about, well, we have to support the GOP. We're going to support them. I said, no, absolutely not. And, I mean, I, I probably got to a rant, and we the people can add a few comments as to what I was saying there. But it's like there is no way you can reform the uh, Republican Party of Florida. I mean, I know I was a Republican. I ran for office as a Republican for the Orange County mayor. Um, mm-hmm. And I know what the Republican Party in Florida is like. It is so corrupt. And to think that you want to be part of that, if if the Tea Party of Florida, Tea Party movement, not the Tea Party itself, not not the actual political party, but if the Tea Party movement, people in Florida, want to support the GOP, then you you just totally said you 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 stand for nothing. You stand for the corruption that's been there, the status quo. You want more of the status quo. There is no way to reform the GOP party of Florida. It needs to be flushed down the toilet. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, you're not. Well, yeah, you're not exactly mincing words there. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Sally's been. She's been inside there. I mean, I mean, she knows and. Uh, I've got about 15 minutes left. I've got another caller here that popped up. I'll try to get all the callers on here we can. So, um, and I apologize. Up. I need to quit talking so much and let people call. Oh, in. that's okay. We've just we've got a ton of listeners, but and every now and then that that little hand will pop up, and that hand tells me I want to say something. So, uh, area code eight six three. Uh, go ahead. You're live on the air. Go ahead. Yes, my name is Bobby B. Is um I've I've spoken to Sally um, a few times in the past and followed her um, websites. Um, they're excellent. And um, I'd like to know who's going to be the plumber for all this flushing we're doing, because we're going to get really a stoppage up there. <laughs> now, okay. uh, I don't know if I'd want the job. Well, we're going to need a good rotor-rooter up there in Washington. But um, I'd like to at least tell everybody um, I'm an independent candidate. Uh, my website is www.bobbybean.com. And that's Bobby with an IE. They wanted the girl. And um, I'm an independent. And I'm a, I look like a little gorilla, too. But, um, <laughs> and and uh, you're here in Florida? Yes, sir. And um, and I, what really was my breaking point to actually make me speak out was the corruption in Florida, what I found under, you know, followed underneath Charlie Crist, Jed Bush, and even Rubio. I mean, I even had Rubio when I did a tea party over there in Orlando. I actually have one of his um, little henchmen come over and told me that I should not be in the race and let somebody else win it who should be there because um, all I would do is split the vote. And um, that's wow. just tactics of the Republican Party because the GOP, we all know what the P stands for, right? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you better bring out your umbrella, you know. You know, there's no doubt that the the Democrats and the Republicans are the same party, right, Mrs. Um? Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of people are seeing that. So, and that's why that we're seeing such such a movement there and everything. Uh, I mean, a movement like I've never seen, you know, before in in my time, at least. So. But you know, and Sally, like you said, a lot of you know we are seeing that just from these tea parties, and and don't forget, and uh, and Bobby, thanks for the call, I appreciate it, but uh, don't forget the uh, wasn't too long ago all those town uh, town hall meetings. I mean, a lot of people ri- uh, rifled up there. Exactly. I mean, anybody who was actually in public office today, 
um, has to be totally brain dead to think that people aren't totally fed up with what's going on and ready for the change. The thing is, the corruption of these two parties, how much will they hold the rest of us hostage? And if the Tea Party movement does not say enough is enough to the corruption of these two parties, it's time to let an independent such as Bobby Bean run for office. If they will not get behind the person versus the party, then it, it's all over. We will be, the Tea Party movement will will just be a, a farce. It, and you know, I, I was listening again as Fox News this morning, and the, the people who are the true Tea Partiers, the Tea Party patriots out there want to vote for the person, not the party. And we have got to keep that momentum going. That is truly the key to success, which I want to mention also before I forget, this Saturday um, there is a Tea Party hobnob downtown Orlando at City Hall. Uh, I am going to be going to that. Uh, It's going to start at noon and that kind of thing. So if there's other Tea Partiers out there, please come down and uh, learn what's really going on and promote promote the fact that the Tea Party is not a GOP thing. It's an American thing. And uh, the main thing, anybody that's out there listening, please, please promise me, <laughs> promise for, to all your fellow Americans that you will vote as an American, not as a Democrat and not as a Republican. If your loyalty is stronger to these two parties than to your country, then that just says we get the government we deserve. And that's why we will cease to exist, because we have surrendered our rights to these two uh, parties. The two political parties are what, are de- what have truly destroyed this country. And people say, well, you know, that, well, you have the right to vote whoever you want to vote. You know, why do I have to why, – why do I get alienated from a primary – because of these parties. Personally, if you want to be a um, Republican entity, go have your own election, put your person on the on the ballot, and then whoever's on that primary, we all vote for whoever is on the primary. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and I agree and and uh there's really not much of a difference between Republicans and Democrats and, and I mean, I totally agree with that and and you know, Barry and I had discussed uh, when Scott Brown won in Massachusetts, he you know, he said something that that's going to have to go down as one of the greatest quotes of all time is when his opponent said, you know, well, you're just wanting, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, you just want to take away Ted Kennedy's seat. And uh, he came back and said, well, you know, excuse me, madam, but it's not Ted Kennedy's seat. It's not the Democrat seat. It's the American people's seat. And that's got to be just one of the, gonna, it's just going to be one of the greatest quotes that go down, you know, in history, I think. But that was a really strong statement. It's the it's the American people's seat. And we just have to hope that um, Scott Brown he continues on that same that same really? attitude. If if he stays on that same attitude, who knows he'll he'll be the one running for president in, in uh, 2012. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because that's what I'm people sure. want to hear. Oh yeah, and that's what was just. I mean, when he said that, uh, I was watching. You know how they put on the news. Uh, you know the scale that that goes up people's reaction when he said that i mean, that meter just went off the roof you know and i'm thinking the same thing you just said and Barry and i talked about this too if 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 now if he'll only follow through with that <laughs> right Barry we were talking about that earlier yeah well i'm only voting for people who drive pickup trucks from now on that's the secret <laughs> <laughs> yeah i tell you some of the statements that come out of these people is just i mean 
you know, we are we the people, and when you when you degrade people that drive pickup trucks or have guns in their back of the pickups or whatever, that always just floors me because, you know, you're not the president or governor or senator of a certain group of people. You're for all the people. That's That's the way it should be. Uh, that's exactly it, which, again, kind of goes back to the Tea Party movement. It's It needs to be about the Constitution, the Constitution, which, of course, lends itself to what the elections are supposed to be, what the powers of the, elect, uh, the elected, uh, elected are, are supposed to be. They have, they have so – I mean, most of them have no clue what the Constitution is. They have violated our Constitution to such an extreme that it basically ceases to exist. And uh, again, it's critical that we take it back now. If, uh, if and you know, also going back to um, to uh, Brown, I think it's critical too. But you know what? Brown's out there. He's taken a position. He's overcome <laughs> the um, the liberal mentality of of Massachusetts. But you know what? We got to give him some people to work with. If we leave the same status quo garbage that's in there today, then he will be um, either rendered um, ineffective to do anything a lame duck routine kind of thing, or um, he will be sucked into the same system and say, well, the only way I can get anything done is to play the same game. So Yeah, that's what need, I worry about. We, we need to get other people like Scott Brown in there so that we can truly change it and take back the country. And when you listen to some of the statements that's been caught, uh, Barry, what was that guy? That guy's name, uh, Raul Emanuel? Is that his name? R- Rahm Emanuel. Ra- yeah, <laughs> well, I was close. Uh, Rombo. <laughs> yeah, and he was caught on tape, Sally. If you, I'm sure you heard it, uh, talking. He didn't realize that anybody was listening, and it was caught on audio when he said, uh, I believe he said, uh, well, personally, I believe the Second Amendment is overrated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, oh, my gosh. He, he, and, you he know, that's scary. That's scary. <laughs> that's or, scary when, the, when people are in power and they believe that parts of the Constitution are overrated. That That's scary. And uh, Obama has said similar things, too, to say that the uh, the Constitution is blocking us from doing what we should do or stops, prevents us from doing what we're supposed to do or something. I don't oh have that quote, but, yeah, he, he himself has condemned what our Constitution is. How can you condemn our Constitution and be the president of this country? Right. You know, it's just totally, it's- totally outrageous. Oh, it floors me, and we the people here in the chat is saying something about um, don't forget the Freedom Rally on February 27th at the Volusia County Fairgrounds. you know anything about that? Yeah, actually, I have heard about it. I have to go actually uh, look it up again to, to refresh my memory on it. But, yes, definitely um, any of these events that come up, people, we need to make sure we get it, get it out to everybody um, to let them know. But definitely February 27th at the Volusia County Fair, uh, Fairgrounds. It's another event people have got to show up, the Tea Party the Tea Party movement. We need to be there and let people know that uh, we're not going to take it anymore. What's the expression? We're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore? Right. And, you know, there's a, a lot of events going on. I mean, that, that right there uh, signifies the movement that's going on in this country. So there's a lot of things going on. That's correct. And if you, you know, the other thing um, somebody was talking to me about, it's like, People are intimidated to get involved or think, you know, don't know what to do and kind of things. You know, it doesn't take a lot of money to to participate in this. I mean, right now it's because um, 
such as Congressman Micah and uh, Charlie Crist and these people, and including Rubio, they they are out there getting money from all the special interest groups and things like that. And the money obviously is something we have to um, compete against. It is part of the battle that we have to overcome. But I'll tell you, the power in numbers. And mm-hmm. every you know, if I could just get a couple of more people out there as I, as I drive around with my decorated van and talk to people, say, yeah, here's all you need to do: make these phone calls. Call every Republican senator. You can call all of them, but definitely the Republicans because they're supposed to be conservative. And say, why are you supporting high-speed rail? The nerve of you. And you can either send them the email, you can call them, you can send them a fax. You know, you can do these different ways to yell at them. And you know what? I went to Charlie Crist's website, and I saw the Republican rhinos that are endorsing him. John McCain, how can you as a fiscal conservative – support charlie christ how can you endorse him <laughs> yeah and i mean i literally i called everybody on that uh, charlie christ all the rhinos that were uh, promoting or endorsing charlie christ i called their offices i said wait a minute aren't you supposed to be a conservative <laughs> right uh Fine. what's the hypocrisy here folks and well, so what? yeah no go ahead well, the main thing is there's a lot of things you can do, and definitely go to these events, just like the Hobnob and stuff like that. These things, you get out there, you, you get to meet other people who are op- um, as mad as you are and are as fed up as you are with what's going on. And then by getting everybody together, there is power in numbers. We can take back this country, and we need to do it now. The other thing, um, again, keeping on a uh, low budget <laughs> like I have myself, some people think I'm crazy to drive around with a decorated van. But you know what? People have, have – I have helped get people talking about it, and I have spread the word and got people engaged in the discussion. And if you go to my website and see my van, you'll see I just have window chalk, you know, join the Tea Party of 2009, 2010, um, reelect no one 2010, the different messages out there, and haunt twice. You know, I put that little haunt twice on, on my windows – and uh-huh. you'd be surprised how many people they honk twice and give the thumbs up because they're fed up too. So we just need yeah. to bring people together. And of course, I also think having decorated windows when you're stuck in traffic, giving phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've seen your van. It's definitely a, a, an attention getter. So let's. Uh, uh, well, tell everybody again your website and uh, uh, how they can get a hold of you if they want to get involved. Um, my website is tollscreategridlock.org. It's kind of long, but there is the message, Tolls Create Gridlock. Tolls do not help us in transportation. Tollscreategridlock.org, and they can send me an email, sally at tollscreategridlock.org. And actually, I'm looking for a volunteer out there who might want to help me with the website. I need to get it updated. To be perfectly honest, i got some updates i got to put out there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but the pic- pictures are out there. There's things about commuter rail. There's a, a lot of things about the toll roads. There's uh, two senators who are trying to have a freeway act out there that we need to support. So there's a lot of information out there. Oh, a lot of information. So, okay, well, well, Sally, I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. We'll uh, we'll we'll do this again. Okay, you can keep us uh, up to date on what's going on. Thank you so much for giving me the time. And um, again, just anybody that's out there listening, uh, it's your country. Take it back. Uh, let's let's get rid of the Democrats and Republicans who have been corrupting it and taking it away, and be part of the Tea Party movement. The Tea Party movement, um, cleaning up the elections and reinstating our Constitution. 
And thank you for having me on the show. Oh, glad to, and we'll, we'll do it again and stay in touch with me. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Sally. Um, all right, Barry, yeah, she's, uh, <clears throat> she doesn't uh, hold back, does she? She speaks her mind. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She's right out front with what she believes, and that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, she's always always makes for a great show, and she's just she's really on top of all these things. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, she tells me things I have no no clue what's going on, and then I study it, and I thought, you know what, she she's right. That's this is exactly what's going on. Yeah, I think we need to get involved in, on a local basis, and at least the Tea Party movement is is a, is a way to do that. And you know, whether and you know, nonpartisan as it is, I. I want to uh, let's see what I got here. TeaPartyPatriots.org backslash state black backslash Florida, and it, you know, for whatever state you want, there's weekly meetings in Ocala, Florida. I notice, and a lot of other places. And you know, maybe if people just show up, they can get informed from people like Sally about a lot of this stuff. I never dreamed with that. That's why I asked that question. I never dreamed with the toll roads that they. I didn't understand they were selling them. I mean, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I got a lot of miles on that thing. And yeah, the idea. I, yeah, the, I, the selling off of America. Yeah, and she mentioned the company Centra, when she, and I went and Googled Centra, and I came up with a, it's in Spain, the site was in Spanish, I clicked on English, and they, they're raising money. Uh, one of the leases that they took out in Indiana is for 99 years, so we're not wow. talking about something that's easy to reverse. And once those those toll roads are, are sold off, that's the end of us. I mean, I don't think that we would have any power at all over over the <clears throat> the amount of money they charge in tolls and things like that. So, oh yeah, it, it's just a wake up call. I mean, if, if you go and read the Constitution, it's I want to say 26 enumerated powers of the federal government. Just read it. Like anybody out there listening, just Google enumerated powers of the federal government, and you know, just read them, and you'll see you'll see where we're at and where we were. And what yeah. the original intent was, and you know, I think we need to get back to that because, you know, you're free to live your life as you choose, and that was that was the whole idea. I mean, that's Franklin and those guys. They, they, they understood that a, that a strong centralized government was going to oppress people. And you right. know, the thing I told you a couple times, I said, just go to the library, heave a dart at the uh, history book section, and whatever one you open, you're going to find stories of the government suppressing people. And you know, we, right. we had a, a unique chance with this Constitution, but we're so far from it, you know, hopefully we can put this train in reverse before it's too late, so I'm hoping. Oh, yeah, well, those big, big movements going out there, and that, uh, again, visit Sally Baptist, her website, tollscreategridlock.org, it's just a ton of information, you can just spend hours reading, but it really puts you inside, really, what's going on in uh, the world of politics here in Florida and beyond, too. It's just uh, tollscreategridlock.org, a great site, and we'll have Sally back on and uh, keep us updated. So, uh, Barry, we've got about three or four minutes here. I know um, uh, your website, relyonyourself.com, is uh, really gaining ground, and uh, people are really enjoying that. But uh, you're coming to Blog Talk Radio soon, Self-Reliance Radio. I've uh, got a couple minutes. Fill us in. How's that going? It, it's going good. This good shows will be. Uh, uh, I got a first show. It's going to be scheduled soon. I got a sound check, so it's going to be up there. Uh, beyond that, I have a uh, home energy guy. I mean, in other words, how to make your own energy in your backyard. So, first show is going to be about energy. 
Self-Reliance Radio is just going to be on a variety of topics. Some of them organic gardening. I'm building a page right now, uh, how to grow food for free. So a lot of what's at the website is actually about food, but that's where I'm at right now. And I think, you know, if uh, to the degree that a person can take care of their own needs, they're free. So it's, uh, Self-Reliance oh, yeah. Radio is going to be all about that, you know, take care of your own needs and, 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 not, ha- and not have to depend on, on the government or anything like that. So... Well, that's are, perfect. Yeah, yeah, so I'm excited about the radio show, and I will certainly be in contact with you when, when it's scheduled. But self-reliance radio is just going to be all, a variety of topics. I'm just going to be bouncing around. There's a, a group down in Naples, Florida, that uh, plants these trees. Um, I'm going to have them on, too. We're already in contact with them. They're called moringa trees, and what they're doing is fighting starvation in Africa by planting these trees. You literally can eat the tree. But So the, so the topics are going to be all over the board, you know, but, but it'll all be, it'll be about freedom ultimately, you know, and about helping other people. So I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be looking forward to it. And uh, um, Self-Reliance Radio, I like that name, so... Well, thanks for hanging with me, uh, with uh, Sally Baptist, our special guest this evening. I appreciate it. You're you're welcome there, Alan. Good talking to you again. All right, and I'll uh, see you out on the uh, big road again tomorrow as we uh, probably head to Orlando and tackle those toll roads. So be careful, and thanks again. And and uh, again, uh, uh, this is Truth About Trucking Live right here on Blog Talk Radio in association with our main website, truthabouttrucking.com. And um, uh, we had a little commercial uh, ad with uh, the Apple iPhone. If you have uh, if you have an iPhone or an iTouch, uh, check out Trucker, the first iPhone application for the trucking industry. And you can find that at truckerapp.com. And join us on our blog at askthetrucker.com. Always like having you there. And appreciate you tuning in this evening. Uh, our next show is Wednesday, uh, February 17, 2010, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Human Trafficking, Trucker's Call to Action. Uh, human trafficking is America's modern-day slavery. and Men, women, and children are being bought and sold, believe it, in a, believe it or not, right here in the United States and abroad, and has become a $32 billion industry worldwide. And our special guest will be Kyla Lieberg of Chapter61.com. And uh, we're going to look at this horrific crime and how truckers are being called to action to help rescue the victims of human trafficking in America. So for more information, uh, please visit Chapter61.com, who are now in conjunction with TruckersAgainstTrafficking.com. And uh, the very next day on Thursday, February 18, 2010, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, New York Congressman Paul Tonko will be our special guest to discuss House Bill H.R. 2156, better known as Jason's Law, which will provide more safe and secure parking for our nation's truckers. Uh, So I hope you will mark your calendars and be sure to join us for these important shows on some very important issues and be sure to bookmark us at blogtalkradio.com slash truthabouttrucking and mark us as a favorite. And thanks to all our listeners and callers and all of you in our chat room. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, always, uh, always enjoy having you here and being a part of the show. We are the premier trucking talk show for Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio is massive. 
It brings in 6 million listeners per day. And uh, our show now has grown to uh, over 100,000 listeners um, across several countries. So we uh, we always uh, glad to hear that and appreciate you participating in uh, Truth About Trucking Live. Uh, so thanks again. Have a, a great uh, night and a great week coming up. I call it a week because my work week starts again tomorrow, and we'll be back uh, on Wednesday with uh, human trafficking in America and uh Truckers call to action, so I hope you join us for that show as well as Congressman Paul Tonko the next day on February 18th. So until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith along with Barry Stutsky. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.